When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Grigor Dimitrov, and you're listening to the Aegon Championship Tennis Podcast. Rafael Nadal fell on day two in front of a watching Jose Mourinho. Tennis is, is probably the sport that keeps me more time in front of a, a TV screen. I'm Rafa's friend, so I have to be honest and say that I'm not happy with the match. Andy Murray won, and Mother Judy's been thrilled with his progress over the last 12 months. And he's enjoyed working with Emily, and I think that the way that she played the game herself, very intuitive, lots of skill, lots of variety, is actually very similar to the way that Andy developed his game as a, as a young player. She's brought back a lot of the creativity. So how do you beat Andy Murray? Let's ask Jack Whitehall and Liam Payne from One Direction. We caught Andy out a few times today with the frame, actually, as our best friend. Likewise, handle. Very few tennis players use the handle as much as we do. I was fighting in every point. I was with the right concentration, with the right motivation, not giving up when I had uh, tough moments. I'm not happy. (laughs) I lost the match that I had the chance to win. That's it. That's the tennis on grass, you know. So that was Rafael Nadal, and I'm joined now on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast by the Telegraph's tennis correspondent, Simon Briggs. Andy Murray had a much better of a time, didn't he? A couple of little wobbles early on in the sets of his match against uh, Jensen Liu, but, but he came through relatively straightforwardly. Yeah, actually, one uh, interesting thing today, I didn't think he was playing brilliantly watching him, but when he came into the press conference, he was really quite jovial and seemed extremely content and relaxed. I mean... You saw, often see Andy going into Wimbledon with his game face on and the shutters come down. But today he was really charming and, and quite funny and, and engaged. And I just thought he must have really come off court feeling quite content with himself. I mean, I didn't think he played great, to be honest. But he said, well, this guy, Jens and Louis, keeps the ball so low on the grass court. The ball fires through at pace. He's a difficult opponent. I'm just happy to have got rid of him. And that's great. You know, if Andy's relaxed, then that's, that's all we can ask. And that's absolutely And I think... Actually, he just likes it here. He, he said last year to me in an interview, everybody comes here and they've got a smile on their face. And that seemed to be the case with him. And as you said, when he's happy and relaxed here, he, he is a really dangerous player. I mean, he's a dangerous player any time, but he's won it three times. And I, I don't think it's any coincidence. I mean, Leon Smith said to me a couple of days ago, he's been watching the practices and clearly they have been very good. And he's been absolutely finding a deep length and he's been teeing off on his returns, which is such a big factor for him on grass. If he takes on the return, he can destroy people's confidence quickly. 
And that's uh, perhaps a Jonas Bjorkman uh, element as well, isn't it? And, of course, we featured him on the tennis podcast yesterday. Yeah, I didn't see too much of the net rushing that uh, we were looking for uh, that Jonas was talking about. I think Andy found it difficult today, but he was happy with the way he stuck at the task. He was broken in each set, and he immediately... Well, I don't think it was quite immediate in the second set, but he broke back pretty swiftly. He didn't let the situation get to him. I think in some ways he may have been quite content with the way he handled the match, more so than necessarily his racket work, which wasn't as good as it had been in practice, but it was good enough. It certainly was. You know what? I think it's about time we hear from John Barrett. Always cheers us up, doesn't he? Here he is on Jimmy Connors. Legends of Queens. Jimmy Connors. He was a master at rousing the crowd to his side. Do you remember a match he played at Wimbledon once against a Pernforce? Wow, he came from behind and an impossible situation and won, and he had them absolutely howling and screaming with delight. He was doing the same at Queen's. I mean, the whole stand would rise to him and cheer him. It was a wonderful experience, and it created a terrific atmosphere to play in. And the poor opponents were sort of submerged in this sea of noise. A tennis professional for more than 20 years, James Scott Connors won his first title at the Queen's Club the year he turned pro in 1972. He won it twice more a decade later, beating old rival John McEnroe in the final. Uh, you know, I came here, I love playing here, and, and uh, the tournament certainly has grown and become really a spectacular event. He was a wonderful person to watch playing tennis because he gave it everything he had. He was the original street fighter who loved nothing better than a real to be in a real scrap. You know, when he'd win a point, he'd sort of grimace and stamp his feet and clench his fists and look at his opponents as if to say, I got you that time, didn't I? those legends of Queens and fortunately we've got one in every episode this week. Now before Andy Murray went on court I got to speak to a rather important member of his family. Well I'm now in the player lounge at the Aegon Championships but it feels a little bit more relaxing because we've just been outside in the public area and I tell you it has been a storm out there because Judy Murray and Anne Kiothavong have been out there selling wristbands, coloured wristbands to raise money for Rally for Kids which raises money for the Elena Baltacher Foundation and the Royal Marston Cancer Charity and Judy Murray joins me at the moment. You were raising loads out there. They couldn't get away with anything, could they? <laughs> no, I told them to get their pounds out. And if they tried to get away, that I would hunt them down. So uh, actually the sun's shining and we timed it very nicely. The kind of pims and wine and champagne tent uh, was buzzing because a match between uh, Stan Vavrinka and Nick Kyrgios had just finished. So we managed to get them all at night time. And I would say that everybody was very, very generous. And just give us an insight into to what, this is to raise money for specifically? Well, Elena's uh, foundation basically raises money for her Elena Baltasha Academy of Tennis, which is called EBAT for short. And uh, Bally started it up quite a number of years ago now, maybe about six years ago when she was the British number one, when she was at the height of her game. And it says so much about her that she took time out to take tennis into schools in disadvantaged areas of Ipswich, where she, where she lived, and to give as many little girls as possible the chance to try tennis. And over the years, it has evolved into really quite 
quite a big programme that has uh, 180 children in the academy now. So basically they go into schools, the kids try it. If they enjoy it, they find an exit route for them into a, a coaching class, either in a park or a, a local club. And for those of them who kind of take it on and become quite good at it, they have a subsidised, almost like a scholarship programme where the kids have um, subsidised coaching, training trips to trips to tournaments and even a little bit of physical conditioning as well. So it's a super little programme and we want to keep it going. And this year uh, they are trying to raise money to put a bubble uh, over the four courts at the school that they operate out of and uh, they need to raise, it's about £50,000 for the bubble and the school are going to put up half the money and the academy are trying to raise £25,000 for the other half so that they've got a home for the winter and that they can play for 12 months of the year. Fantastic cause and great to see so many people being generous out there here at the Aegon Championships. Now, I mentioned we sit here in the player lounge, Judy. It is it's an incredible sight to see so many famous faces wandering by. Now, it, we kind of normalise it, don't we? Because we see this every week. I just... I just see, though, people that I bring in who've never been to a tennis tournament, they're wide-eyed. And I just wonder, what was it like when you first came into player lounges at ATP tournaments? Because you've been playing tennis all your life, but that must have been a, a bit of a surprise. Yeah, and this was the first uh, big ATP event that uh, Andy got a wild card into in 2005 as a, as a junior. Uh, his world ranking wouldn't have been anywhere near close enough to getting him in. And you're right, um, uh, we walked in, we had no idea what to expect. It's very very different from the junior tournaments uh, where there are very few people and you kind of know everybody, everybody's very friendly um, and yeah I remember going and sitting in the corner on one of the couches out of the way basically because I didn't know anybody and Tim Henman came and sat down beside me and uh, I didn't really know him and he started talking to me about Davis Cup and I said, oh, it was you that taught Andy how to play backgammon, wasn't it? And he said, yeah, I taught him backgammon on the Davis Cup. He said, in fact, he said, I was in the shop the other day and I saw this really nice backgammon set and I was going to get it for Andy for his 18th birthday. And I said, and did you? And he said, no, because when I asked the lady how much it was, she said it was £595. And I thought, I don't like Andy that much. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a real kind of one of those sort of uh, icebreaker moments when I realised he's actually a really, really funny guy and great fun. And uh, yeah, I kind of relaxed a little bit um, after that. But yeah, it is, it's a strange place when you don't know anybody. But now these kind of events, they're very much like part of my furniture. And I don't get excited about seeing Rafa or you know anybody walking by because I've known them all since they were 11 or 12 years old. And the camaraderie actually is quite quite nice isn't it? I mean we, we've just wandered past Milos Raonic playing pool with his coach Ivan Lubicic they said hello to you and even though players are obviously wanting desperately to beat each other on the court it doesn't seem to overspill really in, into the backstage does it? No, I don't think it does. Um, certainly doesn't in the in the men's. And this is a this is a great player lounge because it's very roomy, and the restaurant part of it is right beside the the lounge. Um, and there's plenty of space, and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of fun uh, games for them to play, as you as you say. There's uh, there's pool, and there's table tennis, and there's. Uh, there's quite a lot going on. They used to have the um, the barber shop in here. And I they still have. It's just over there. Ah, I walked right past it. But the very first time that I went in there, they had a, a bit for the ladies to get their nails done. And behind me, I could see them in the mirror, was Johnny Murray. And I saw the barber guy behind him with a cigarette lighter. And I thought, what on earth is he going to do? And he was burning the hairs off his ears. And apparently that's what they used to do in the old days. And I went, don't come near me with that. I'll stick to the nails. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, Jonas Bjorkman on the Aegon Championships tennis podcast yesterday. And just after our interview, and I wish I'd asked him during the interview, he was telling me all about 
his Strictly Come Dancing experience <laughs> in Sweden. Have you swapped any notes yet? I actually haven't seen him uh, since he finished doing that, but he uh, sounded like he had a bit of a slow start and then he got very good at it because he pretty much made it through to the, the final stages, so uh, he was clearly a lot more able than I was. <laughs> oh, I tell you, you've been too bashful. Uh, maybe Judy and Jonas dancing together. Well, you never know. I'd have to be paid an awful lot of money to do that. But if it was for a good cause, like the Lena Baltasha Foundation, I could be persuaded. Right. Over to you, Jonas. Uh, now, uh, your sons are both here and they've both been in action. Jamie, unfortunately, lost in the doubles, but he's doing well with his partner, John Piers, at the moment. And of course, Andy is in action for the first time today. And he seems to be in a really good place at the moment. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's in a good place physically uh, and mentally. Um, you know, for the last three or four years, he's struggled with uh, some problems with his back, and then he he took the big decision to have the the surgery on his back, and then it took him a while, as we all knew it would, to really get his body back into the shape that he needed it to be in for what is an incredibly. Uh, strong uh, men's game at the moment. Uh, so many top players, huge, huge strength and depth. And I, I'd say in the last sort of six months or so, his body's been back to where he wanted it to be and it can do the things he wants it to do now. So, uh, And he's really chilled. He got married a couple of months ago. He's very, very relaxed. And I think that has uh, also has a lot to do with uh, his coach, Emily Marismo, and the team around him. He, he's, uh, he's in a good place at the moment, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. It's been an extraordinary record, actually, that he's had over the Last uh, year since Amelie Moresmo came on board, I was looking at the win loss. It is, I mean, although maybe he hasn't won Grand Slams, he's been in finals, he's won tournaments, and the actual success rate has been really something. But I don't think that would have come as a surprise to you, would it? Um, no, not necessarily. I think, uh, I think you know, he had a frustrating year in 2014 when he was, you know, just had the had the surgery, and we knew it would be full of ups and downs and it was a, a question of being patient and you know when his body was was back to where he wanted it to be then hopefully the tennis can can kick in again um but yeah it's been a, it's been a really good run he's enjoyed working with Emily and I think that the way that she uh, played the game herself very intuitive lots of skill lots of variety is actually very similar to the to the way that Andy developed his game as a, as a young player and I think she's brought back a lot of the creativity uh, into his game that he Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com tennis. That's homechef.com tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Perhaps not used as much when he worked with Ivan, who was uh, more about trying to get him to be more aggressive more often and uh, to help him setting and resetting his, his focus and obviously did a great great job with, with him and Emily's adding some something different and something extra and it's been good to watch. And Jonas was telling us yesterday that, that he wants Sandy to go to the net a little bit and to be aggressive with the returns because obviously that's something he was so good at. We remember him battling against the big servers over the years. Just a couple of final points. On on Amelie specifically, was it great to see the way Andy embraced the fact that it doesn't matter what gender your coach is, man, woman, if you're a good coach, you're a good coach? Yeah, I think it. I think it's it's been a very successful partnership, uh, obviously, for both of them. But it's also been uh, great news, I think, for women uh, who are coaching in sport because it shows that we are capable of working at the top end of the game, whether that's the women's game or the men's game, and that it's about your. Um, skill set and your experience and the way that you communicate and uh, also about the personality fit that it's actually got nothing whatsoever to do with gender so I hope it really raises awareness and it encourages more people to consider female coaches uh, for top roles. Now this time of year you have your family all together in one place for a while is is it nice what what do you do? Well, you, you, you say that, you'd, you'd, think it, you'd think it would be. It's quite a stressful uh, time of the year, actually, for all of us because uh, the spotlight is very firmly on British tennis and on Andy in particular. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's easier said than done, actually, getting all three of us in one place at the same time. So I've come down just to watch for the day today and Andy's playing twice today and Jamie, unfortunately, lost yesterday, so I won't, I won't see him. And... Uh, but yeah, it is. This time of year is good because at least I know they're both going to be in or around uh, London or their homes. So it is easier to spend a bit of time with them because, of course, the tennis circuit is uh, very demanding in terms of sort of 30 to 35 weeks away from home uh, in any given year. So uh, normal family time doesn't really happen for us very much, sadly. So that was uh, Judy Murray, Simon, and it's interesting to to hear what she had to say about the impact of Amelie Moresmo. It's 12 months since they got together. Obviously, Amelie Moresmo is expecting a child, so she will take a break from coaching Andy Murray later on this year. She will be with him for the grass court season, but 
Interesting what Judy Murray was saying about the additional variety that Andy Murray has reintegrated into his game. Yeah, and when you look at the, Andy, he, he's got a kind of computer-like brain. It seems to absorb all these different inputs and then meld them together so that each coach, you can almost see the imprint that they've left as his game progresses from one step to the next. Uh, and you'd say that that would make him the best player in the world, except that there's another player who does the same thing. You know, Novak is also uh, has this ability to, to absorb new influences, and he's always improving as well. So uh, the pair of them are just, they're, they're, they're kind of, their self-assessment and their identification of what they need next, it's, it's mind-blowing. That's why they're so, they, they're so hard for the chasing pack to catch up with. Yeah, very fair point. Simon, now I know you've got to go off and write your stories for tomorrow for the Daily Telegraph. All the stories we'll be reading in the morning. And don't forget, of course, the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast is brought to you in association with the Telegraph. Now, let's play our Aegon Championships Moet Moments quiz after John Isner yesterday. Today, it's the turn of Feliciana Lopez. Who won the Aegon Championships here at Queen's in 2014? Who won it two years ago? How many Grand Slam titles has Andy Murray won? Two. Which former Wimbledon champion did Nick Kyrgios beat at Wimbledon last year? When did Boris Becker win his first Wimbledon? 84. 85. When you win your biggest title, what will you drink to celebrate? How old was Leighton Hewitt when he won the title here for the first time? 19. Very good. How many times was Andy Roddick beaten in the final of Wimbledon? Three. Did Tim Henman ever win the title here at Queen's? He won. Did not? No? No. In Queen's, no? No. Which two players who are playing here this week reached the Wimbledon semi-finals for the first time last year? Grigor and Milos. Last question. What was the score in the fifth set between Isner and Mahu? 70-68. Correct. Well, Feliciano Lopez didn't do too badly, did he? Tomorrow, we'll have another candidate. Oh, here we go. Here's Catherine Whitaker. I haven't seen you all day. Where have you been, Catherine? Busy? I've been working on the jo job that pays my bills. Uh, and But now I'm doing the job that doesn't pay my bills, but I so very much enjoy. Oh, well, that's such a compliment. Thanks very much. Uh, now, Andy Murray started pretty well today, didn't he? He did go a breakdown in both of those first two sets. I was talking about that to Simon Briggs earlier, but, but what did you think? He, you know, he'll be happy enough with that, won't he? Yeah, I think he'll be happy enough. I mean, it was a slightly odd match. I've just been chopping up highlights of it, and it was very difficult to sort of pick out a narr narrative, really, because it was so topsy-turvy and up and down. But uh, I think, you know, job done. Jensen Liu played really well, and uh, he's, uh, he's got... He's, He's had some decent results on grass, so uh, in the circumstances, when you look at what happened to Rafa earlier, he did really well to get that done in straight sets. Yeah, he'll be happy enough. Now, Catherine, you won't believe this. I got to interview Andy Murray last week on the grass courts at the Queen's Club with the comedian Jack Whitehall and Liam Payne from One Direction, together. Andy, Liam, Jack and Claire Balding got together to film a short sketch for UNICEF UK's Children in Danger Summer Disease Appeal, which is raising awareness and vital funds to keep children safe from disease. If you want to watch that video, and I recommend it, go to Andy Murray's Facebook page. They did actually play tennis against each other. Andy Murray against Jack Whitehall and Liam Payne. So what did Murray think of what he saw? They were very, very impressive. <laughs> Shots I've never seen played here before, I saw today. Could you describe some of those shots that you've seen? Have you ever seen anything like it before? No, not really. Who knew so you could use the frame so much? 
yeah. of the racket because yeah, people always you, think you, you use the face of the racket to return the ball but actually the frame is very useful this is your your tip that's is it? my tip because the frame will send the ball flying off into directions you didn't Realise it, we're going. And it makes your opponent second guess as well. So if you go for a big forehand and then you can catch the front, you can kind of just dip it in low. And, you know, we caught, we caught Andy out a few times today with the, with the frame, actually, as our best friend. Likewise, handle. Yeah. Very few top elite tennis players use the handle as poke much as we do <laughs> when rallying. You can poke it over. You can poke it over. You get one that whizzes off the handle. I think Andy should use it when he plays in his next tournament. How did, uh, how did you feel stage out when you got hit with that ball in the knee from one of the fastest serves that I think I've ever seen in my life? Well, right now I'm fine because I think it's quite a lot of adrenaline pumping through my body, but I may have torn a... I think you kneecapped me. What, what, did, what did you, you say when it hit you? You kneecapped Jack Whitehall. What was it you said uh, when it hit you? Dash. <laughs> I think it sounded different to that. Jinkies. Sounded slightly shorter, yeah. If you had the sole remaining wild card left in the draw here, which of these two gentlemen would you give it to, Andy? That's tough. They'd both be deserving. I'd like to see them play off for it, though. Yeah, that'd be like, fun. Let's do that. Tie-break. Tie-break playoff. Tie-break, Jack. Jack, um, you have obviously sampled Andy Murray's game now. There are 31 other players in the draw here at this tournament that will be taking on Andy 31. Murray. Yeah, 31 others. What would your advice be to them? I mean, what, what would you <laughs> say are his weak points, having sampled them? There is no weakness. This man is impenetrable. He will win the tournament. He doesn't have any weak points, so don't even try attacking them. <laughs> That's confidence, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It is. It's blind confidence. Again, I think it might be the adrenaline talking. And because I don't want to have my other kneecap taken off by one of his serves. And, uh, and Liam, uh, did you know that uh, as well as being Britain's... Oh, he's got emphysema, that might... Yeah. <laughs> did you know, Liam, that as well as being Britain's greatest uh, tennis player, this man also is a bit of a musician. He fancies himself as a rapper. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. You, you get into a bit of rap music. No, We're talking underground rap. What was your What was your song called? Well, I I did a chorus of a song called Autograph. Nice. You I need to, I need to hear that. Check that out when I you get home. Yeah, out. it's. Do you remember the words or? Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just the voice in your head. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't want to do it, but I do. I do remember the lines. Yeah. I'll play it for you later, Liam. You'll play it for me later. That'll yeah. be our little secret. Nice. Absolutely. Well, nice. I've been a rap at school. You did a bit yeah, of rap. MC Scratchy, that was my name. Where does this go out? <laughs> <laughs> soon, very soon, as soon as I can possibly get it out. But actually, this is for a, a great cause, isn't it, gentlemen, for yes. UNICEF and um, something that I think uh, has gone particularly well. Has it been fun? Yeah, no, it has been a lot of fun, but obviously, you know, we're all here today for the children, and I think things like this are amazing. Obviously, it's great that Queen's would have us down here to play a bit of tennis and uh, help out kids as well. So all in all, I think everybody is a winner here. Of you to promote that one detail because I heard you're not shifting that many it's tickets. I think you've only sold like five nights at it's Wembley, sort of which is embarrassing. It's gutted, it's gutted, empty seats. I was like, no, surely not. Losing your touch. You need to bring some friends. You can come with your friends and fill the empty seats. Three, was it? <laughs> Everybody coming to watch this man this week, this next week? Definitely. I am, yes. I'm coming. I'm coming down, I think. Can I have some tickets? Yeah, you can have some tickets. I'll sort that out for you. Not that I don't want the tickets to the 1D gig. I'll take them as well. But I think you, this you is a bit more... get everything you get your hands on today. Yeah. He is. This is, this is. There's not as much PIMS at 1D concerts. This is a very PIMS-heavy tournament. And that sits very well with me. 
Well, so you don't actually want to come and watch the tennis, you just want to come and get drunk. So it was strawberries. <laughs> just like having cucumber in a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Gentlemen, been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thank Cheers, you. boss. Thank you. So we couldn't get Andy Murray to reprise his rap, but we thought you might like a listen anyway. Oh, why? gets crazy my hand cramps up and my mind gets hazy i sign and sign but the line doesn't end stop 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 that that, that i've had quite enough that cannot continue alternative career (laughs) absolutely not i don't think i don't think it would be doing a disservice to andy murray to say that that was maybe one of those things that one does in one's youth and one (laughs) slightly regrets in the future but that is what youth is all about. He's a married man now. He's all sensible. So uh, that was then. Let's not relive it. Well, we just did. So <laughs> too late now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's have a look at the matches tomorrow, shall we, Catherine? Because uh, we have another bumper order of play in store. Stan Vavrinka is going to be in action. Tanasi Kokonakis is going to be in action. We better do challenge Catherine and find out how things are going. Because it is 10-8 to the listeners at the moment, Catherine. It's not going too well. Uh, now, what are you going to go for today? We've got at BeagleBoy1982, who has predicted for Gilles Simon against Tanasi Kakanakis, the Australian in three. What are you saying? Hang on a second, hang on. Le- yesterday we decided I would get to go first, lest it look like I was copying the listeners. No, you get to do two each. I get to do two each. Okay, well, I also am predicting Tanasi Kakanakis. I think I'm predicting straight sets there. Straight Tight sets, but straight sets. Okay. Uh, Kevin Anderson, six foot eight inches tall, beat Leighton Hewitt in the previous round and ended his career in singles at the Queen's Club. He's up against Stan Vavrinka. What are you going for? I'm going for Vavrinka in two. Sorry, Kevin. Well, at Beagle Boy 1982, he's going for Vavrinka in three. There you go. Uh, Richard Gasquet against Milos Raonic. That could be a corker, couldn't it? And uh, the listeners here are going for Gasquet in three. What have you got? That, I think that is the um, pick of the matches, really, uh, in terms of how close a contest it could be. And listen to me waffling while I desperately try and figure out uh, what I'm going to predict for that one, because I just don't know. So I'm going to go for Raonic in three. There we are. Catherine Whitaker has spoken. Alex Dogopolov, the conqueror of Rafael Nadal, up against Guillermo Garcia Lopez. And you are going to go for... Dolgopolov in two. We have Dolgopolov in three from our listeners. So there we have it. Challenge Catherine is done for another day. Can Catherine mount a comeback? We will find out on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, which is brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We're here all week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.